Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, traders. We are coming at you with the 67th episode of the Performante podcast, and we have nothing else than Bitcoin mooning. We've been bullish this entire bull run. We talked about our expectation in the past where we are expecting a low-key finish to the summer, August-September consolidation, but we're looking strong as we head into the middle of October and the rest of Q4. Nothing tastes better than profits and victory. Bitcoin is in price exploration as we hover around 61.5 thousand US dollars per Bitcoin. And uh, realistically, there is no other way to explain it than euphoria across the market. I think bears are in hibernation or they got liquidated. Who knows? Uh, because as Bitcoin is testing this new price region with a weekly close, above 60,000, I think it is safe to say we are entering a new phase of this bull market. So my name is Nathan. I've got Keith with me today, and we are going to be talking about the current Bitcoin bull market that we have on our hands. Welcome, everyone. We're going to jump straight into it here. Big news coming out of the more traditional markets. The first Bitcoin futures ETF in the United States is set to begin trading this upcoming week ahead. So that is monumental. Um, if you don't know what an ETF is, it's an exchange traded fund. And what this will allow is institutional investors or large hedge funds, basically entities that have large pools of capital to be able to trade in the world of Bitcoin in a more, I guess you could say, safe or more traditional manner. Um, you don't have to go through the steps of purchasing Bitcoin. You don't have to worry about addresses. None of that. It's just presenting a financial instrument that you could purchase very similar to a stock um, where it's it's a future. It's not exactly a stock, but you are basically speculating on contracts, not the actual underlying asset. So there are some discrepancies, but overall, it's going to make it a lot easier for these large institutions to inject tons of capital into the last two or I guess two and a half months here of the end of the year. So awesome to see. And a little bit of information here, the ProShares uh, company is the one actually creating it. It's the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF. And the ticker is actually going to be BITO. So it's kind of like BITO. So um, definitely this upcoming week, I think we will see some pretty, uh, pretty big volatility, increasing volatility coming in. Um, not exactly sure how it's going to play out in terms of the first couple of days, but I think this will allow institutions at the peak of it to put more money in. So if there are, if there is points of FOMO, this is just going to allow the bigger whales to inject more capital in it. So overall, it's going to be a phenomenal thing. There are some pros and cons, which we'll get into a little bit later, but our overarching perspective is that it's allowing more institutional players to enter the space. And that's just generally a really good thing for Bitcoin appreciation. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, up in the great white north of Canada, we have had our own Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs on the TSX, the Toronto Stock Exchange. For almost six months, I want to say they have been available for purchase, but obviously the Canadian stock market on the TSX is nowhere near the volume that you would see with US stock exchanges. So seeing Bitto hit the markets tomorrow, October 18th, will be an interesting start. Like Keith said, I am expecting some pretty big volatility just because the amount of capital that could flow into the market could create some interesting price action. But just to break down the pros and cons here, I think one of the biggest pros to consider is that 
by owning this ETF, it reduces friction. And by that, it's kind of twofold. One is it reduces friction for institutions because institutions no longer need to jump through the hoops and bounds to get Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Now with one simple purchase, they can get exposure. Two, for reducing friction is from more of the consumer retail side. Maybe there's boomers that don't know how to set up a Coinbase account, but they do know how to buy stocks. And so, yes, it is an inefficient mechanism to own Bitcoin, but I think it will reduce friction to allow and empower people who didn't own Bitcoin before to get some exposure. Another benefit that I see with this kind of product is it can belong in a tax advantaged account. In Canada, we have the TFSA, so I own some Bitcoin stock and some Ethereum stock in my Bitcoin T or in my uh, Canadian TFSA, and in the states, it's called the Roth IRA. So I think uh, the only thing better than crypto gains is not paying tax on them. <laughs> and so I think the tax advantaged account is a great usage of this product. And overall, I think this is a big step forward for kind of the public perception. Because now, more or less, if there's a Bitcoin ETF, Bitcoin's here to stay. They can't just ban it because now it's a fundamental part of the financial system in some sense. Yeah, and definitely. And so when we're, when, we're talking the, when we're talking the cons, uh, one con that has been voiced as like a point of contention among the crypto community is that no Bitcoin is actually traded with the ETF. It's based on futures. And those futures are conglomerated into an ETF-like product. And so that is one concern is that the asset that's being valued isn't actually the asset being traded. Understandable. Uh, but that is pretty common with these ETF-like products. Uh, another potential downside is that this could increase the volatility or create disparities between the ETF's value and the crypto product. Because obviously Bitcoin is traded 24-7, 365 but the ETF wouldn't be traded as often because it's only traded Monday to Friday and non-bank holidays. And just like I mentioned before, there could be much higher fees associated with buying the ETF because obviously ProShares is going to take their cut when buying and selling this product. Yeah, definitely some pros and cons. Ideally, if you have some sort of knowledge or ability to navigate through the cryptosphere, it is highly recommended to hold your own tokens. They're, they're not your coins. If you don't hold your coins, they're not yours. So buy a hardware wallet if you're able to. But this just allows the more novice individuals to enter the space with literally a click, click of a button. And like um, what was said a little bit prior, you have some trading platforms where you can actually purchase coins for free or purchase stocks for free, sorry. Um, like the Wealthsimple app in Canada, obviously Robinhood in the States. So, you know, pros and cons for each, but um, definitely consider if you are looking to actually build a portfolio to actually purchase coins themselves, like the underlying asset, instead of buying contracts because um, you're not actually owning Bitcoin. So pros and cons, um, tell us what you think about it. If you think that it's a positive thing, if you think it's a negative thing. Um, one thing that did occur back in gold, like in the, I believe it was in the uh, 2001 or 2002, they released an ETF for gold and gold went absolutely parabolic. There were some other more global macro uh, considerations for why gold did so well, but having the ability of institutional players and hedge funds and money managers all over the world, or especially in the United States, being able to trade 
Bitcoin very easily will definitely, especially when you're in a bull run and when there's hype, when there's momentum, it is going to allow these large institutions to inject more and more capital into the market. And um, just to think about it on the opposite side, you can short an ETF as well, so you could obviously add additional sell pressure. But obviously, where where we're currently in the market right now, where we're seeing massive pushes to the upside, lots of buy volume coming in, institutions accumulating. Definitely, in our view, the momentum is to the upside. So moving on to the next thing here, going to keep on the Bitcoin conversation, and the next thing we're going to be talking about is some of the main figureheads, people that we look to, look up to as well, who've been very short Bitcoin or at least uh, bearish on Bitcoin. I don't know if they actually have shorts on, but they were bearish on very bearish on Bitcoin. And one person in particular who I actually respect immensely. Maybe a little bit less right now because he's kind of been a little bit chaotic with the Twitter. But this one is uh, from Michael Burry. And if you don't know who he is, he's the person from the big short. He was um, the guy who went to all these large banks and actually created the uh, contract in order to basically bet against these big large banks and the mortgage-backed uh, securities that basically created the uh, global financial crisis uh, situation. So obviously he's made some phenomenal calls, but the call that he made when Bitcoin was just hovering above 30k and it was really looking like it was going to break down when it was dropping at like 27, 28.5k, uh, just of, above the 27k range. Uh, it was pretty worrying, but we do see Michael Burry removing his Twitter yet again because there's so many um, Bitcoiners commenting. Um, we see people like, uh, uh, I believe, what's his name? Max Kaiser. Um, he said, the big short now is shorting Michael Burry's Bitcoin short by going long Bitcoin. So that's a pretty funny thing. Uh, he's a pretty interesting character, but we do see it's not just him. I believe Michael Brandt also posted something about Cardano, about if, um, or when it breaks that dollar range, it's going to be a massive head and shoulders, we're going to get a big drop down. And that never came into fruition. We saw that dollar range for Cardano hold like an absolute brick wall. And we saw a very strong push up and now we're well above that dollar range. So there was key individuals who've been in the markets for really decades and a lot of them got it wrong to be completely honest i don't think they truly understand the market cycles and i think that's why they were looking at the technical indicators and saying okay this looks very bearish but we were really really hollering from the rooftops that this is a macro bull and we're sticking to our guns for the massive call at 250k by the end of this year it does seem pretty impossible at this point we're at 61 but hey we have gone absolutely parabolic before so it means that we could go again yeah we're entering that stage where eventually there's going to be a blow-off top in my opinion not until december or january prospectively but nobody knows what the future holds as we head into this final stage of the parabolic run if anything, Michael Burry, he's doing the big short, but I want to short Michael Burry because he also <laughs> has some downside exposure on Tesla, which I'm sure most people are aware does nothing but go upward. So I remember there was one really profound quote from the big short movie, and uh, they were talking about how that trade was going sideways. And um, he's like, I'm not wrong. I'm early. Then the other guy snaps back saying there's no difference in trading. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, that is a very profound statement, especially when shorting any asset, but especially in this context where he jumped on to a very large short at $30,000. And now undoubtedly he's underwater. And yeah, so definitely. moving on to uh, the next topic that we wanted to talk about here, we have some actual 
I wouldn't say necessarily pro Bitcoin lingo, but Vladimir Putin. Uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, president might be a bit of a stretch. Fearless leader might be a different word you could use to describe him. <laughs> um, he said that cryptocurrencies have a right to exist and can be used for settlements. In order to transfer funds from one place to another, yes, but to trade, especially in energy resources, in my opinion, is still premature. So it's interesting seeing the head of state, the fearless leader of Russia, kind of endorse the technology, look at it for what it is, as a medium of exchange. Uh, And just to add on, there is one last quote. We will pay attention to the development trend of cryptocurrency, which may also mean, which may also become a means of savings at some point. We've seen how the market fluctuates, and it is still early. So who knows? Maybe Russia will put some of this new Bitcoin ETF onto their balance sheet to get some of the upside exposure. It's 2021. It's Q4. Anything can happen. Yeah, extremely well said. And I think this is a very positive thing to look at, not just for Bitcoin, but kind of the whole cryptocurrency space, because it's not one single country that is obviously controlling cryptocurrencies. It's completely decentralized, or most of them are. So to see countries one by one approve and accept cryptocurrencies just makes it more that much decentralized, because let's say if 80% of all countries are accepting of it, even if the 20 that aren't accepting of it, you'll still have it thrive and really flourish in a global sense. So really great to see. Um, obviously, he still views it as a very early stage sector, which uh, I agree with him. So really great to see someone of that, I guess, magnitude or someone at that level of um, seniority, I guess, in, in, in some sense, um, have that positive view on crypto and have that acceptance in the fact that it should be used uh, or should be allowed to be used as a method for settlements. So great to see on that front. And kind of sticking on to the, um, I guess, individuals who have a lot of power, a lot of control, a lot of capital behind them. George Soros, the man who broke the Bank of England. If you don't know who that is, um, very, very well-known trader. He runs a family office and he actually stated that his fund is owning Bitcoin, which is unbelievable. And it came straight from the CEO himself. And George Soros has been a proponent of slowly changing from not really understanding what Bitcoin is to actually saying that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation, which is fantastic because if someone at that magnitude is stating that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation, then you're going to have all these people who don't really understand Bitcoin or haven't really looked into it look at that as a headline and say, okay, well, if George Soros is stating that Bitcoin's a hedge against inflation, well, it really must be. And if you're looking at the stats, it truly is. If you're looking at gold the past year, it hasn't really done much. If you're looking at it, let's say from 10 years ago, it kind of lines up with the 2011 top of gold. So in 10 years, it hasn't really done much. Compared to Bitcoin, if you're looking at the price appreciation of Bitcoin, it is just Um, doing better than any single asset that has previously um, been used for speculation, really. It is unbelievable. So when you're looking at an inflation hedge, yes, you have to look at history, but you also have to look at what's going on right now because there there are a lot of people who look at only gold and only silver. And I think when people like George Soros is bringing up that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation, it's going to kind of turn those gold bugs' minds more than just some random video or even like some mid-level hedge fund manager saying, yes, gold or sorry, Bitcoin is a hedge against gold. Uh, You do see them 
But um, yeah, a, a man like George Soros is stating that he A, owns Bitcoin and B, is stating that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation when we're seeing increasing inflation come in and expected inflation to be higher than what we're currently seeing right now because it takes time for inflation to set in. If you're going to be printing more than half the currency in a single year, it's going to take time for that to flood into the rest of the economy. So our view is that inflation will be increasing here in the next few years. And if the consensus globally is that Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation, well, you're going to have a ton of capital flood into Bitcoin, but maybe even some of the capital flooding out of gold into Bitcoin. And we see gold with like an 11 trillion market cap. Bitcoin surpassed a trillion. So we could still see that 10x growth from uh, where we currently are right now, which would be like $600,000. Yeah, pretty profound to see this old money flowing into the sector. I mean, Putin doesn't necessarily classify as old money, but if Russia's endorsing Bitcoin, then who knows what can happen? And Soros is the very definition of a boomer, but hey, he's a legend in the game and he owns some Bitcoin. And so just to finish off the episode here, we have a, a very wholesome story coming out of Jack Dorsey, his ecosystem, I guess you could say. Uh, so his idea is to democratize Bitcoin mining and further decentralize the network. Uh, so just to quote him, Square is considering building a Bitcoin mining system based on custom silicon and open source for individuals and businesses worldwide. The more decentralized this is, the more resilient the Bitcoin network becomes. So my interpretation of that is that he prospectively could be creating hardware that is open source so anyone can do it. And this hardware would be able to mine Bitcoin. And kind of the benefit here that I see is twofold. One is it democratizes the Bitcoin mining network because right now you need an expensive GPU or video card. Alternatively, you could get an ASIC miner, but the bottom line is, is that it's a pay to play game and you need expensive hardware in order to contribute. But with something like this, in theory, uh, with an open source software, anyone would be able to create this product and contribute and get paid by the Bitcoin network. And so another quotation from Jack here, digital currencies that encourage more people to participate in the economy and help people send each other money across borders with as little friction as possible. That's the, that's the buzzword friction. And so I think with Square, he is really paving the way in terms of creating a Bitcoin network that is more accessible from the for the average user for both usability, whether it be exchanging dollars for Bitcoin and Bitcoin for dollars, but also on the back end perspective when we're talking about the network as a whole. We've talked about Jack many times on this podcast, but he's definitely one of the thought leaders in both the crypto space and the social social media space, in my opinion. And the more that Twitter and Square and his entire ecosystem continue to adopt Bitcoin and the technology behind it, in my opinion, the further differentiated they are from their peers at Facebook or Google or anyone in that niche, because I think with confidence, we can say that blockchain and social media go hand in hand. It's just a matter of who will adopt this first. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, he's probably one of the most influential people in terms of specifically Bitcoin adoption and Bitcoin progression, um, because you do see like other large corporations like Facebook had their Libra, 
and then they have their new project now. But you see these large corporations try to create their own token where Twitter, Jack Zorsey, he's already, I guess, looked at Bitcoin and said, this is the key. This is what we're going to be using. So like, even with this, he's open sourcing it. So yeah, it definitely sounds like, and it definitely looks like he's trying to promote um, decentralization for not uh, for both Bitcoin, but then also the ability for everyday individuals to benefit. And he's looking at Africa, he's already been there, and he sees a massive opportunity there. So he kind of reminds me of like Elon Musk, but in a more kinder way, because Elon Musk, like, he always says he's just trying to make a world a better place. And that's kind of what Jack Dorsey is doing as well. But his is more for like extremely poor individuals living in Africa or just everyday people who don't have the ability to get extremely low power and very expensive hardware to mine uh, Bitcoin. And with this really expensive uh, cost to actually mine Bitcoin, you're seeing a lot of people start to stake, which I think is a really fantastic thing. But, in, uh, you know, if this overall uh, uh, trend continues, you're going to have few miners, like few select miners with all the hash power. And that's not really a decentralized system. And I think Jack Dorsey does see that in the future. If the uh, the ability to enter the mining space is, is significant and there's a high barrier to entry to mine Bitcoin, the only people who are going to be able to do it is the people who have the financial capital to actually buy all the hardware and set up a structure where they have extremely cheap energy from somewhere. So this is definitely going to create a more decentralized system. It's going to be better for Bitcoin because the network is going to grow in terms of uh, the, the amount of miners that are actually going to be able to mine crypto or mine Bitcoin specifically. So awesome to see. Nothing but good thing to say about Jack Dorsey. I think he was one of the top or if not like the top donator. I think he donated like a billion dollars or something uh, when COVID just hit. So, you know, definitely keep an eye out for him. Anything that he does um, and Definitely has some uh, interesting things in the future to come. So I think that's going to be the wrap up of our podcast. This was the podcast 67, Bitcoin Moons. A lot of bullish things on the way. I think that, or we both think that the next, I guess, end of October as well as November, December is going to be an absolute boom. It's going to end off with a bang. Hopefully everyone's able to profit as much as they can while managing risk not over leveraging and knowing when to reduce exposure. So you're actually able to keep a lot of the gains that we're going to be seeing in the next two months. So I'll pass the rest of the podcast over on to Nathan. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate the time you have taken to tune into us blabber about the crypto bull market. It is October 17th, 5.20 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Stay safe. Wish you the best, everyone.